Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, a very ad hoc episode. I wasn't going to do one, but obviously the events in the Denmark Finland game got on Christian Eriksen. I thought I had to because sometimes things happen in football and in life as well, but in football that make you realise it is just only a game and that the game and who wins, who loses doesn't really matter that much. Uh, we've got an England game in a few hours, and to be honest, uh, it's not even that important, really. The, the important thing is whether Christian Eriksen is OK and can leave hospital and carry on playing. Obviously, it's a subject close to my heart, but obviously Tottenham fans will know he was a huge part of our successes uh, not that long ago. Um, yeah, so it's just a, an episode talking about him, really, and, yeah, just talking about him and hoping he gets better. Uh, very sombre episode today, really. Uh, it's a very ad hoc one. Wasn't going to do one. I was going to do one after the England game, but obviously the events from Christian Eriksen, Denmark versus Finland, uh, I just didn't think I couldn't do one, really. Uh, obviously, it's a player that I know well in terms of his playing career because he, he spent a long time at Tottenham and, and was a big, big part. I've I, I talked endlessly on here about how We'd missed him, we'd need a playmaker. And he was a huge, huge part in our successes. I know we didn't win anything, but I'm a second Champions League finals, cup finals. Um, so, yeah, it's hit me a bit harder, I think, than Fabrice Moran, but Mark Vivian Foe, although Foe tragically died. Uh, thankfully, Christian Eriksen is okay, seemingly. Um, Moran was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I didn't actually see it. I was in a pub, the, the football was on. So I was talking, I was I was glancing over. And then I saw the Denmark fans hugging each other, everyone on the pitch. So I knew something was wrong. I had a look on BBC uh, News, BBC Sport website, and then saw what had actually happened. Uh, and then, so hoping and praying, really. Um, I think... I mean, the, 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 the guts of the Denmark and Finland players to carry the game on a few hours later is unbelievable, really. Certainly Denmark, but, yeah. When Moamba, the Moamba incident happened, Defoe, who was playing for us, not Bolton, was in tears. A lot of our players were as well. So, even though it's a Denmark player, uh, that's my alarm going off, apologies for that. Uh, even though it's a Denmark player, um, it's it's devastating, really. But the Finland players as well would have been hugely affected by that as well. That's not something you want to see. So both sets of players deserve a huge amount of credit. I mean, Kasper Schmeichel as well. I mean, what a hero that guy is. Simon and Jar, uh, Kajar from, from the ports was the first on the scene, stopped him swallowing his tongue, put him in the uh, recovery position before CR. I mean, what a hero. If that's all true, which I've got no reason to doubt, but it's only reports I've seen on Twitter and, and news sites. But what a hero. And and Kasper Schmeichel in tears, but consoling Eriksson's wife. But then you think of Schmeichel, he, he was the first on the scene when the Leicester chairman tragically died in a horrific helif helicopter uh, explosion. He, before we lifted the FA Cup, he, he, he got the new chairman on, on, on the pitch. Uh, and then this, I mean, those two, 
deserve a huge amount of credit. And we give referees a huge amount of flack. Uh, but Anthony Taylor realised, I think, the enormity of the situation there. And then, you know, we criticise referees for hesitating sometimes. He didn't hesitate at all. Medical staff get on uh, and allowed them on pretty much instantly. And, you know, Kajar and referees and the medics have probably saved his life, well, no, probably about have saved his life by their quick thinking and realising the enormity of the situation. So they deserve huge, huge credit. And Anthony Taylor, it's his first referee match in a big, big championship. So he'd have felt pressure on him anyway. And then to do that, I mean, huge, huge credit to all of those people. And, and I mean, there's there's a... Theory, not theory, but if you're going to have a heart attack like that, which I think is what happened, there's probably not better places to do it than a professional football match because all of the medical staff and defibrillators and everything like that are there. Uh, I, there was a lot of flack thrown at the BBC as well for showing images and things like that, which Gary Lineker has explained that it, it wasn't their feed, it was UEFA's feed. Uh, but that they could have cut to the studio earlier. But... It's a completely unprecedented event. I mean, he, he's never had to do anything like this or talk about anything like this in however many years he's been a broadcaster now. Same with Alex Scott, Seth Fabregas, Mika Richards in the studio, Jonathan Pierce, Martin Keown commentary. None of them have, have, have know what to do, really. I, I can't imagine you go to BBC or, or television presenting <laughs> workshops and, and learn how to deal with this stuff it's live tv so i think having a go at the bbc i think is it's just a bit unfair really um but yeah i mean the game i, I think a lot of people now have decided denmark are their second team i, I want them to, i wanted them to do well anyway because i quite like them and i've always liked ericsson since he started with us but I mean, the game, the goal they conceded was awful from Schmeichel's point of view. The penalty from Hoiberg was terrible. But, I mean, in normal circumstances, you'd be moaning at that. But surely, I mean, it just shows they're human. There's something wrong with you if you're not affected by what happened to Ericsson there for the rest of the game. I mean, their concentration levels cannot have been 100% focused on that game when their friend is lying in hospital having been very close to dying so uh, uh, it's just a shame uh, but you know to, to Finland as well that they've still got a game to play and it would have been a complete insult if they'd have just let Denmark win or not tried hard enough it would have been a complete insult to Denmark to the competition and, and to Ericsson um, but uh, reports are saying that uh, the Denmark players uh, spoke to Ericsson and he said to continue the game uh, and he was okay. So I, I'm still amazed that it happened yesterday. I, uh, even if the players decided they wanted to, they couldn't have been in the right frame of mind literally three hours after that happened. They uh, just simply could. So I'm amazed the game happened. UEFA gave them the opportunity to play uh, this afternoon, which I'm amazed they didn't do that just to can't regroup a little bit and let things sink in. Uh, you know, everything was still raw when they when they continued that game. Uh, so yeah, so the, the the mistakes they made, I mean, it's completely understandable. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't 
ruin their tournament and the, you know that they, they regroup now they, they they come to terms with it uh, and most importantly that Ericsson is okay uh, I mean I think that's the end of his career for me I think I mean he's not going to be insured now to play uh, Mwambo I think was 23 when he he had a heart attack I mean, he was dead for 78 minutes before he was re revived again. I'm, I haven't heard anything that Ericsson was, was dead for any amount of times, but I don't think you can really say that uh, well, Ericsson's wasn't as serious because it's still a heart attack. And I mean, if he has another one, his heart is presumably a little bit weaker than it was uh, this time last week. So if he has another one, it could be a completely different story. And, and I think his career is over. I mean, if it is, at least he's got out on a high, really, just winning the uh, Serie A with Inter Milan. Um, but I, I think UEFA, FIFA, FA, whoever powers that be, need, need to do something here because I, I know there's been a coronavirus pandemic and that's thrown all the schedule out of whack. But we teams, certainly in the UK, in England have been having games every three days, certainly if they're um, in Europe and doing well in Europe, every three days. And I think someone told me Marcus Vashford has played 70 games for Man United this year. Oh, Man United and England, 70 games. I mean, the strain on the body there is unbelievable. I mean, when we were kids and, and, and playing football and, you know, we go, oh, we could play every day if we wanted, which we probably could for a week, not for a career of 10 years or, or, or whatever. And we're obviously at a level which is far, far lower than these professionals. And these professionals are playing every three days, training every day, really intense stuff, I would imagine. And that just puts a massive strain on that heart, I think. Hugo Ekiel was one of the fittest people at the club, according to the, the players he was training, and then he had a heart attack at training. You know, so physically fit that, that the strain on the heart can't take it sometimes. So uh, there needs to be a break in the season, uh, even like a, a winter break, which might happen this year, but won't the following year because there's a World Cup. I mean, I mean, you know, you've got a season and then the World Cup in the middle of the season because of the corruptness of FIFA allowing Qatar to hold it. So there's got to be a break after that World Cup. You, you have the World Cup and then you have a month off. It, it's got to be. I mean, uh, the, the game, I mean, now you've got this Europa Conference, which is even more games for more teams and more players uh, on a weekday as well as the weekend um, that they play with their clubs in, in domestic leagues. And, and the strain is just huge and you know there hasn't been that much of a break between the end of this Premier League season at least and the Euros and you need that kind of month off you, you need to just rest so they can go on holidays I mean they'll be training with England or their countries but they'd still have some time off and I don't want to be the prophet of doom but this could happen more and more if, if if the powers that be don't stop the games coming so thick and fast and don't have regular breaks and, and allow these players to have breaks to, to regroup and rest. Um, I mean, Ben Davis said when he moved to Tottenham, the, the, the level of medical care and everything like that and, and monitoring was so far 
above what he had at Swansea. But I mean, if you've got a weak heart, it's not going to matter what the monitoring is because it can just suddenly come on suddenly without any warning. Um, so yeah, I, I, but they've got to make a change. And they, I mean, the coronavirus pandemic happened and it's all been about money and finishing stuff so they can finish the leagues and start the Euros and all that. And, and player safety seems to have been swept under the carpet but we'll look at that a bit later and this has just highlighted I think that that cannot happen and, and uh, it, it, it needs to change because the strain on them and the amount of training they do I, I imagine that's a few hours four hours a day really intense and then they're playing games as well which are thick and fast certainly in the Premier League they're playing games every three days I mean, we had a situation in Tottenham where we had, I think, six games in 12 days or 15 days or something like that, Manchester United, and had that towards the end of the season. And it's too much. It's too much, especially when it's every season. So it has to change. And, yeah, whether it will, I'm not sure. But, I mean, this is surely a far, far more important player safety than if you can fit a game in every three days. Um, but yeah, the Euros are still going on. England are playing, and there's more games. Who will win? But it kind of pales into insignificance. Like who really cares? Really, as long as he's okay, that's then you can worry about that stuff. But I, I did think it was a lovely touch from Lukaku scoring for Belgium, going over the camera saying he loves him. Um, obviously, massive big teammates at Inter Milan. Some did something similar. Uh, scored for South Korea yesterday. Saw a report that Tim Sherwood was at someone's work and then heard about this and then went straight off from what he was doing to find out what happened. Um, I'll guarantee you if Harry Kane scores today, he'll do something as well. Big teammate of Ericsson for quite a few years. I'll guarantee he'll do something. It would not surprise me at all if Harry Kane's told all the England players, if anyone scores, you do something. But yeah, I, it's just a horrific situation. Um, Obviously, Eric Erickson, he was my favourite player at Tottenham for a period just because when he played well, we played well. And it was the most important role, I thought, because he gives the ball to people like Sun quickly. Sun then can tear the, the full back apart because he's one-on-one -on -one with him. And, you know, it allows everybody to move because they know that with his passing range, he'll be able to find them. Um so, yeah, so it was obviously, a, it hit me quite hard yesterday when it was touch and go and whether he would be okay or not. I, I, I'm a lot better now because reports are saying he's awake and speaking and hopefully on the mend. Um, but there are a lot of fans, you know, who said they hated him and blah, blah, blah and now saying, oh, well, and, and a lot of fans are now saying all nice things about him, whether, whether those um, are people that were saying they hated him, but... I don't think that would be the case. I think even if they are, it, it, it's, it's bigger than point scoring and things like that. And, and all that matters is regardless of your allegiances or, or opinions on him or football or, or anything, all that matters is that he's okay again. I mean, you can't imagine what his wife was thinking at the ground. You know, you couldn't see anything. All the players were shielded in. I think that was to stop TV cameras, which shouldn't have to do that, really. But it could have also been to shield it from the crowd, because the crowd don't want to see that. 
Uh, and lovely touch as well from Finland fans shouting shout Newson and Christian, and then the Danish fans finishing it was there, Paul Eriksson. Uh, Finland uh, players applauding the Danish players as they came back on. Um, again, it's one of these things that brings football together. Moamba did that. Your allegiances go completely out the window because something far, far bigger than whether your team win or loses is happening. And yeah, I mean, I didn't see it. I don't need to see the video. I'm not going to watch the video. I don't need to see that. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, it was just very, very similar. And that's why it's so scary for me, I think, because the Moamba incident, I was in a pub and they hadn't put the game on and I badgered them, badgered them to put the game on. And then obviously that happened to Moamba. I saw it live because it was during the game. So they were following the play and then he collapsed. Ericsson has a throw towards him and just collapses with no nothing anywhere near him. And it just eerily echoed what happened to Moamba. So I obviously feared the worst. Um, yeah, and I mean, thankfully those two are okay. Mark Vivian and Foe, like I said, I mean, that should have been, I mean, the Moamba and then certainly Foe should have been the, you know, we've got to change something here. We've got to start looking after our players rather than looking after our money uh, because it's more important than money. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he'll play again. I mean, his tournament is definitely over. I mean, that's for certain. But I don't think he'll play again, not professionally. I think you've got to think about yourself there and your family and everything like that. You, you can't put your body under that much pressure again when this has happened. And I think he's 29 as well. I mean, it's, he's still got a good, at least five years being able to play at the top level. And, and the, the position that he plays possibly even more like Modric and Scholes because he doesn't need the pace and he's got the passing ability. And it's just a massive, massive shame that I think he's going to have to retire. Um, at least he's gone out on a high winning a trophy, like I say. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's devastating, really. Um, regardless of your allegiances, you don't want to see anyone have to be forced to retire, really. You want to see players, whether you like them, whether you hate them, you want to see them retire on their own terms. Um, happens in other sports as well. Like I'm a wrestling fan, geek, uh, but there's been wrestlers there that were forced to retire for health reasons and it's not on their terms. It's just, you know, forced to retire early for something they love doing. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be the same here. I mean, Moamba was 23 after retired and he been playing on a handful of years. Um, Ericsson started when he was 16, so he has had 13. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just devastating. Really. Like I say, England are playing in a few hours, four hours time, three and a half hours time. And it's not really that important. I mean, Looking forward to the Euros for a while, looking forward to the England games. I love a tournament, but it's felt different this year because of the virus and everything like that. Normally I'll go to the pub, I'm not that bothered about the pub for the qualifying games. But now it's it's even less of, of, of a main concern just because of what happened to Ericsson. Um, 
But thankfully, all the reports are saying he's on the mend. He's in the hospital, obviously, the best place at the moment. Uh, so hopefully he can make a full recovery and then leave hospital and then go back to his family. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, it's a really solemn episode, this one. But I thought I had to do something because it's a huge thing and it, it's far, far bigger than football or the tournament at the moment. It's someone's life at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so I think I'll end it there. I don't really have anything more to say other than everything that's been said already and everything that's being said on social media and the news and everything. But it's just uh, obviously a player that I like and have liked for uh, many years, uh, provided me with a lot of entertainment and joyous occasions. Uh, but I think it's hit me a little bit harder and close to home because of that. So I definitely felt I had to say something. So I'll end it there. Thanks so much for watching. Before you go, please make sure you give the like and subscribe buttons a click. Any questions, comments, or any suggestions for future episodes, if you just add those into a comment on the YouTube video. If you're listening to the audio-only podcast, thanks so much for listening. Anyone who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get that at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you can find all the information there. I'll be back soon. Until then, come on, you Spurs!